You're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast. You know, my spidey sense is telling me this show might not suck. Anyway, here's your host, Brad Douglas. <laughs> wow, thank you, Spidey. This is episode 80 for September 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And if you'd like to get your spectacular Spider-Man fix, go back to the essentials. MailOrder has the first four volumes of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, in essential form. And they're all in stock, and the cover price of the books are 20 bucks. MailOrder has them for $11.99, which is 40% off the cover price. And their discounts go even higher. They start at 75%, and they go down to 38% off the cover. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com, and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. Welcome back, Webheads. I'm honored to have two special guests on this edition of the podcast. From the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series, we have producer Greg Weissman. Welcome, Greg. Hi. <laughs> what? Hi, back. And we have the voice of Spider-Man himself. We have actor Josh Keaton. Welcome, Josh. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Awesome. And I was, as I was talking a little bit before we started recording, it's been about an, a year and a half since we all did this round. So, as time flies, fellas. It really does. It doesn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> well, yeah, it felt like we did it just in January or something. Like that. <laughs> I know. Well, it, uh, in that year, a lot has happened with your show. Let me go over a little bit. We, with the show moved from the Kids WB to Disney XD, and then it aired its second season in Canada first, and then it aired seven episodes in the states on Disney XD, and then Disney said, "Oh yeah, we're going to buy Marvel," and then, <laughs> and then Sony returned the rights back to Marvel. Okay. So, yeah, but you're getting those events, particularly <laughs> at the end. They're all out of order. Okay. Well, well, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk talk about the the move from uh, the WB to Disney. How did how did that happen, Greg? Well, Kids WB, uh, well, rather the CW, I should say, shelved Kids WB. I mean, they just decided they weren't going to do a program that day part anymore, and they were going to farm it out to four kids uh, television. Um, and so Kids WB ceased to exist. Um, uh, I, I don't pretend to know all the legal details, but when uh, that happened, it gave Sony the option of uh, leaving. And so Sony, uh, I know, looked around. Uh, they talked to four kids who were at least uh, interested in keeping the show. They talked, I know, to Cartoon Network. They talked to uh, Disney XD. And, again, not that I was at all privy to any of uh the negotiations, but at the end of the day, they uh, made a deal with Disney XD to put the spectacular Spider-Man uh, onto that network. Now, mm. that created a couple of problems. Um, one is is that uh, Kids WB and its successor, Four Kids, had the right to the show for one full year. Now, since they had premiered in March, that meant that uh, the soonest Disney XD could premiere. The second season of Spider-Man was uh, March of 2009, mm-hmm. um, one year after the premiere of the first season. But internationally, um, networks had the right to, uh, for example, in Canada, Australia, and Bulgaria, for some reason. Um, <laughs> really? Bulgaria those, saw, saw it before the States, huh? Oh, yeah. Bulgaria saw it before Canada. Wow. Um, of course, it was in Bulgarian, but <laughs> but it but those uh, episodes were at least briefly on YouTube. I know. Yeah. Um, 
in Bulgarian. Um, and uh, and those, we have a whole new those, voice. The networks in those countries, uh, I think it's Nick in Australia. I, I, I forget who it is in Canada, and I never knew in Bulgaria. Teletoon um, uh, in Canada all had the right to bring the second season out uh, as early as January of 2009, so they did. Okay. And, of course, since this is the age of the Internet, uh, yeah. it's this online thing. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, <laughs> a little, uh, bit, a little bit. Uh, that meant that, you know, those episodes from particularly from Canada and Australia, which, of course, were the exact same versions, you know, in English that, mm-hmm. that were going to go eventually on Disney XD, um, were uh, able to go up on the Internet, um, not legally, but God knows they were there. Um, uh, and so many people saw them long before Disney would have been able to premiere them in March. Right. And then beginning in March, uh, Disney XD made the decision to uh, more or less air the first season weekly as if it were a brand new series, not just a, uh, a previously aired season. And so Disney XD aired, um, uh, with the exception of the first two weeks, I think aired basically, you know, 12 weeks, bef- went 12 more weeks bef- uh, with season one um, episodes that had aired already um, before uh, taking a short break and then premiering season two in the summer right. of 2009. Now, Josh, did, did you did you hear your uh, Bulgarian counterpart? Have you have you heard the voice actor who did Spidey? I, I actually haven't heard it in Bulgarian. I have heard okay. it in Spanish. And I got I got to say that the guy uh, the guy that plays it in Spanish is actually pretty good. Oh. I, I, and I, I speak Spanish. Um, I'm uh, I'm half Peruvian. Um, okay. And unfortunately, I don't speak. Uh, well, I mean, I, I speak fluently, but I'm a little bit out of practice, or a lot bit out of practice. It's so. Uh, is he is he no dice Spider Man dice spine? Is that what it is? I. I uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's is it, oh in, in <clears throat> Bulgarian. And no, wait, I remember in issue 300, he he got a he got a Spider-Man suit with the name Die Spine on the back of it. I don't know if is that how you say Spider-Man in Spanish? I'm not sure. No, in Spanish it would be uh, Hombre Araña. Oh, okay, gotcha. Where did yes. the Die Spine come from? I remember that. Do you guys remember I, that? I don't know. Issue 300. I don't, I don't even remember this issue. No. <laughs> no. Well, he he's. <laughs> Anyway, it, it was a McFarlane issue where he got... He, we'll, we'll just pretend that Brad's <laughs> losing it a little bit. I, I, well, <laughs> it happened long before we hit record, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> well, Greg, talk about... That must be frustrating for both of you, for the States people. You know, they're not they're not watching it as much as they should be on Disney XD. They're going to the Internet on YouTube and seeing these videos, which... Uh, yeah, I mean, frus- uh, frustration... Uh, Definitely existed. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I can imagine. Uh, it, you know, it was. Uh, you know, we'd like the show to be seen in the best possible light, and that, of course, means, you know, at least on your television set, seeing yeah. it on a tiny little YouTube screen is not the ideal way to watch the show. Right. Um, the sound is not likely to be anywhere close to as good. The picture is obviously much smaller. Um, and, you know, we're pretty proud of the work we did, so we'd like it to be seen in all its glory. Um, but it also creates uh, a fear. I don't know if it's legit or not. I can't judge that. It's for other people to decide. But it, it was without doubt I was afraid about it, which is that, uh, um, you know, do we have uh, 
ratings issues because so many people are watching the show months and months uh, before it actually premieres on Disney XD. Right. And, uh, I, I, again, I can't answer that question. I don't know if we're talking about people with Nielsen boxes anyway or not, you know, that kind of thing. But it right. definitely is becomes a concern for us. Has the ratings been okay on Season 2? You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. That, that brings us to the second major development. Mm-hmm. Which is that, uh, and I, I only learned this later, but this took place, I'm told, the week before Comic Con. Uh, Marvel and Sony um, negotiated uh, their overall Spider-Man deal, mm-hmm. and for some concession on the live-action movies, and don't bother asking me what it is because I was not told, and I'm not going to be told, and I'm never going to know probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony uh, gave Marvel back the television and animation rights to Spider-Man, including the ability to make potentially a third season of Spectacular Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So Sony, what that does is it brings Sony out of the loop, but I worked for Sony, so I, uh, Sony has all but, well, not all but, Sony has shut down its television animation division, there's nobody there for me to call and say, hey, how are the ratings? Uh, right. I don't have access to that information. <clears throat> so what that has done is created a whole bunch of intriguing possibilities, but it has also left me very much in the dark. I mean, the people that I was working for, um, you know, just they, aren't, they literally aren't there anymore. They're not yeah. at Sony. Um, and, of course... I find out about this. You know, this happens, as I said, the week before Comic-Con, but I don't find out about it until just a few weeks ago. Literally, I find out about it on a Thursday. Um, the Thursday, you know, um, three, four days before on Monday, Iger announces that Disney's buying Marvel. Yeah. Now, I've looked online um, and in the newspaper, the LA Times, about how long that deal was in the works, and um, it's very clear to me that that was a deal that was done very quickly over a period of a month, which means that the Sony uh, Marvel exchange took place prior to um, uh, Disney uh, Buying Marvel. expressing yeah. its active interest <clears throat> in Marvel. Right. And I, I mean, I know because I've worked at Disney back in 1995, that Disney has been at least interested in Marvel since for 15 years or so. But in terms of active interest, we're talking about something that happened very rapidly over the period of a month, and the Marvel-Sony thing happened a whole month before that. So Hmm. the Spider-Man thing has nothing specific to do with um, the Disney-Marvel thing. Um, They're unrelated. Now, now that both of those things have taken place, mm-hmm. or at any rate, the Sony aspect has taken place and the Disney and Marvel thing is in the works, it does raise a number of intriguing um, possibilities uh, in terms of spectacular Spider-Man for the future. But let's be honest, uh, mm-hmm. two major factors weighing in on that. The first is obviously ratings. Um, they've held the last six episodes of season two Mm-hmm. for October and for November sweeps. And the major factor, I'm sure, as it always has been, to decide whether or not they're going to pick up a third season of Spider-Man is going to be ratings. If the show right. does well in the ratings, then they're 
you know, if it does really well, they'll want more. If it does really poorly, they won't want more. If it's somewhere in the middle, then all sorts of other factors begin to play in. Factors that weigh in our favor is is that now Disney owns Marvel, so they might feel uh, more possessive of the show and want to give it, you know, push it, want to give it a, a shot. Yeah. Uh, factors weighing against is now Disney owns Marvel and they might decide they want to make their own. So I mean, yeah. Uh, or just the fact that you know it's now you know been uh, so long since the whole crew was together, it might be tough to assemble them again. Mm. Um, I'm still willing. I know Vic Cook's still willing. I assume Josh, you're still willing. Yeah, I, can, I think I can safely speak for all of the actors when I say that uh, we're all down to uh, to come yeah. back whenever. Awesome. Yeah. So I think a lot of us would very much love to come back, but you know I could see them seeing that as a roadblock that so much right. time has passed. So bottom line, what us Spider fans can do is uh, watch watch it in October and November sweeps. I think there are two things that you can do okay. uh, that the Spider-Man fans can do. And one is, absolutely, it's about ratings. Now, I realize not everyone literally has a Nielsen box, but uh, the sort of, you know, theory behind Nielsen is that if enough people are watching in general, then enough people who have the box will also be watching. And in theory, statistically, the boxes reflect the human race. Um, uh, I'm not sure why that works, but that's what I'm told. Um, so part of it is about spreading the word about, hey, these episodes are back on, watch them. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you've seen them before, watch them again. Tell your friends about it. It's a great show. Watch them. And the other way to vote for the show is to, you know, vote with your wallet. In other words, if people are buying product, um, the Hasbro toys, uh, anything that's not just Spider-Man labeled, but specifically spectacular Spider-Man labeled. Right. Like those DVDs? Yeah. DVDs, definitely, the toys, the Hasbro, you know, spec Spidey uh, toy line. Um, you know, I've seen all sorts of random little products, including, you know, uh, you know, pads of paper and stuff like that with spectacular Spider-Man covers on them. Anything that's specifically spectacular Spider-Man oriented, I'm not telling people to spend money they don't have, but if they've got disposable mm-hmm. income, a great way to vote for the show is to vote for your wallet. That's what studios listen to. One of my favorite, and this is Josh related, is the one where you push his stomach, and, he, and Josh, you you read like six lines out of it. <laughs> the way it's like the the wise crack oh, of Spidey. Oh, I, I yeah. love that one. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm holding this right now, and there are eight wise cracking. Oh, I'm sorry. There's there's a little preview of one. There you go. How do you? How, 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 did, how did that come about with that toy? Do you just go in the booth and you record like a dozen lines and they keep eight of them or what? Um, yeah, and and it's funny you should say a dozen lines because I, I originally went in and read uh, 12 things and um, eight of them made it onto the toy. Nice. How cool is that? It, it's it's awesome. I I try to tell people that it is it's it's actually a Josh Keaton action figure because <laughs> wearing a mask. How are they going to know? You know. <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, I have to tell you because last time we talked. Uh, you, you spiderized your car, right? Doesn't the top of your car have a Spider-Man uh, spe- it, Spidey on it? Yeah, it actually has the poster art, the first season poster art on the roof of the car. Well, I've, I've just in the last month tricked out my Spider-Ride. On my license plate, it now says Thwip. Oh, awesome. So we, <laughs> we, we share that in common because we have- my license plate says that as well. Oh, does it really? Yes. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I have two Ps, though. Do you have two Ps or one P? 
Um, I actually had to put three because one oh. and two were already taken. <laughs> you're you're Thwip a Pip Pip. <laughs> yes. And I'm Thwip Pip. <laughs> yes. Just kind of go over your thoughts about uh, Mar- Marvel possibly getting bought by Disney. Josh, you want to start first? Is is it a good thing? What's some pros and cons? You think? Well, again, I'm I'm probably well, not probably. I'm definitely more in the dark than than Greg because I'm I'm really I'm, I'm just the actor. I try to stay as involved <laughs> as I can and and, uh, and get as much information as I can. But really, I'm so far removed from the situation that I I pretty much have to get my information from the trades, like like anybody would get it. Right. Um. So I really don't know a whole lot. Part of me part of me hopes that the fact that Sony gave the rights back to uh, to Marvel uh, bodes well because now Disney. Like Greg said, does own the show, so it's yeah. it's not like it's it's a partial owned uh, thing where where they're like, well, we don't want to pick it up because they still have some ownership of it over here, and um, uh, you know, hopefully that'll come into play and hopefully that'll bode well for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, as for as for speculation, I, I really. What about you, the, Greg? Is it, what's some pros and cons? You think? Well, I, I mean, I I think it's a. Great show. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Uh, uh, I think there's a lot of fondness for it out there. Um, and uh, I know that our ratings on Kids WB, this is now over a year ago, but I know our ratings on Kids WB were stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, good or bad, how our ratings have been on uh, um, on Disney XD. I hope they're good. Uh, I know Disney XD, in general, their ratings are uh, not the strongest, but I, I assume I, I know they want to build that and build it as a, a, a network that for boys' action properties um, like Spidey. And uh, so I hope we're doing well for them, but I just don't know. Um, and uh, where that leaves us again is uh, uh, I was told a long time ago, I don't have any reason to think it's changed, that the Hasbro to- toys were selling very well. Right. I was also told that the DVDs were not selling that well, which is obviously a uh, a bit of a, a you know that takes a hit for us. Uh, was it was it the three episode DVDs or was it the season set? I don't know. See, okay. I, uh, I, I mean, what I was told about were were the yeah the the arc right DVDs, um, the three or four episode arc DVDs. I don't know how the season set sold. See, I, I don't I, know positive or negative. It might have been great. It might have been awful. I just I don't have the information. See, I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm an average Spider uh, collector, but I bought the season set because I knew it was coming, and I I like to collect them like that. But I, I could see how the the episode arc would be good for kids, you know. Well, I think you know we had a couple issues there. I think one is is that our original plan had been to uh, um to make those, you know, we were going to cut those together into movies, um, right. and we did that. that the first time out, and it was, it was supposed to be extra footage and all sorts of extras, and yeah, a way for kids or whoever to purchase those uh, as sort of special events, um, but I know that what Sony Home Entertainment was hoping for was two bites from the apple. It's as simple as that. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a mystery. They were hoping to sell the DVDs once as these arcs and then sell them again as a season set. Yeah. Um, then we were told for various legal reasons um, that we couldn't do those movies, which was stunning because that had been the plan from day one. I mean, that was the reason the show was 
developed and designed the way it was originally was so that we could cut together every three or four episodes into a movie. So right. for them to then tell us that those releases weren't going to be movies, but they were going to be just the episodes as aired, then, you know, it's a little um, mind-boggling to Vic and myself uh, to discover that, okay, well, then you're doing three just as-aired episodes, and then, yeah, a few months down the road, you're going to release a season set. Why would anyone buy those uh, yeah. individual sets? And and I don't have an answer for that. I don't, you know, but again, there, you know, anytime you're dealing with multiple huge companies like this, there are going to be things that mystify the creative people down at the bottom of the right. trough. So. Right. Well, Josh, how long ago was it that you recorded season two? Um, was it about uh, a year ago? or? I would say, Greg, help me out on that. How, how did we uh, I think we finished, uh, yeah, over a year ago, probably yeah. uh, um, summer uh, of 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, June or, I want to say June or July, and then uh, the cook and I finished post-production through uh, January right. of 2009, finished at the end of January 2009, and, and the entire, I mean, almost everyone was laid off even before that, but those few of us were left on Spider-Man as of uh, January uh, 2009 were all laid off at that point. So mm. uh, there's been no one on Spider-Man since... Uh, February of this year. Wow. Um, Josh, talk a bit about going into season two. Is there anything differently you did about with Peter and Spider-Man for season two as opposed to one with the well, voice? There, no, there, there really wasn't because uh, in in the Spectacular Spider-Man universe, really not enough time had passed for him to really age that much. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't do a whole lot of changes. Any any changes that, that did happen to him weren't necessarily uh, voice-based. They were Based more along the story, and <laughs> excuse me. I think he's a little, I think he's a little wittier. That's probably with the with the writing. I think I, I love his one-liners this year. Uh, yeah, no, he, had, he definitely had some great one-liners. I mean, there, there were a lot of really good ones in the first season too. I mean, yeah, the, the Black Cat episode had some of the some of the the, the best uh, the best little outbursts I've, I've yeah. seen in a while. On, on uh, on a kid's cartoon show. Do you do you have a favorite one liner that you delivered this season? Uh the second season? Uh yeah. let me see, let me see. Uh it, again it's been so long since uh <laughs> since I've done those. The, the one that always comes to mind is uh and, and this isn't from the this is from the first season. It's the uh I'm mock I'm a mocker. <laughs> and then when he goes into I'm also a puller, a tugger, a yanker, I still can't believe that made it on the air. <laughs> I, I, I liked it when you burned your tongue. That was one of my favorites with the hot chocolate. That was probably one of the hardest voiceover things I've ever had to do. How'd you, how'd you do that? I actually had to have my tongue out of my mouth, and I was holding my tongue with my hand. And if you've ever tried to hold your tongue, uh-huh. it's really difficult. And now when you're acting out a scene and still having to keep hold of your tongue, it, it's extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it, it was really uh, funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we need a special feature on the DVD of him holding his tongue voicing that, that scene. That'd be awesome. That, see, that would be a, that would have been a great special feature. That would have been. been awesome. I, I would have bought it twice. There you go. <laughs> One thing about this season that I really loved is you had, you had Stan Lee come in and do some, some, uh, voice work. How'd that come about, Greg? Uh, well, um, you know how hard it is to get Stan to, to, uh, 
participate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, we wrote a part for him. It wasn't a huge part, but it was fun, and the character's name was Stan, and we said, you know, we were hoping very much that he wanted to do it, and I, uh, I'll admit that I, I didn't really think he'd say no. <laughs> given um, his history. Um, also, I, uh, I've known Stan um, for some time, at least uh, 10 years or so, um, probably longer, probably closer to 15. So, you know, we uh, we just uh, called him up and said, do you want to play? And he said, I'd love to play. And he came in. It was terrific. Signed, you know, I think he's probably spent more time signing stuff for <laughs> cast and crew than he spent actually recording his uh, handful of lines. But I, I think he had a good time, and he, he definitely said to us that he'd love to come back, and we will, if we get a third season, we'll definitely have him back. Did you have to explain to him what punked is? <laughs> I don't I don't see Stan is watching Ashton Kutcher's punked. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I I wouldn't put it past him. No, we didn't have to explain that. He he definitely got it. He he got awesome. the whole gist of the of uh, of the scene and the jokes, yeah. and uh, I think he got a kick out of being uh, in an episode with Mysterio. I yeah, think that was, that was fun, specifically fun for him. And uh, but he was just you know he was just uh, he was great. It was just you know it was a big kick for for us, and and uh, we were happy to do it. He's yeah, I got a Stanley, Stanley autographed uh, Spec Spidey poster hanging right oh, here. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, very, very excited about that. Jo- Josh, something you said earlier about uh, lines that you're surprised get through. One that you delivered this season that I thought was hilarious is you're an expert on premature gloatilation. Gloatilation, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, whoa, is this on a kid's show? I love it. <laughs> it and there's nothing dirty about it. It's, it's, it's G. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. It's completely G. <laughs> And uh, before we go to message board questions, two other lines I loved is when the rhino delivered the line to you, I hate you so much, <laughs> as he went through the ice. Great I line. think everybody in the control room was probably falling over laughing when <laughs> that came out. The uh, other Clancy one. just did that so, so well. Clancy Brown, who plays rhino, just uh, uh, just nailed that line. You know, you, you put something in the script and you just... And, you know, you just cross your fingers. But we had such a great cast that they always, you know, every every single person in the cast um, mm-hmm. just brought so much to uh, the show, above and beyond what the writers did. Uh, and we had a great writing team, too, but just uh, just such a fantastic cast. And, and Jamie Thomas, our voice director, we always just got such amazing uh, stuff out of this group. The other line I love, Mother Russia by way of Mother Africa, and then Josh delivers the lines, two moms and so ill-behaved. I love that line. <laughs> still so ill-behaved. Yes. Yeah, great line. I laughed out loud on that one. All right, uh, gang, we've got, kind of like last year when we did this, we've got uh, people from around the world have written on the message board questions for both of you fellas. And we're going to start off with T.S. Champ. His uh, first question is, what is the inspiration for the design of the characters on how they are drawn? Uh, well, it's really more of a Sean Galloway or Vic Cook question, but, um, you know, we absolutely go back to original sources as often as possible to Ditko or uh, Romita Sr. Um, uh, we are influenced by stuff that's come later uh, and uh one of the things I said when the show began pre-production way back when 
um, is that a good idea is a good idea is a good idea. So uh, whether it's a story idea or a visual idea, if uh, something came later that visually really seemed to work for us, whether it came from the movies or or uh, Ultimate Spider-Man or um, Untold Tales of Spider-Man or, or Amazing Spider-Man or Peter Parker, this way, you know, whatever the source, we weren't shy about, you know, stealing it. <laughs> Only it's not stealing because that was our job. Um, and so... You know, we were, uh, you know, the idea is to sort of get reference uh, for Sean Galloway, our fantastic uh, supervising character designer, who was already a huge Spider-Man fan and geek like the rest of us. Right. And, um, uh, you know, make sure he had the reference he needed, and then Sean would just do his, you know, you know, always incredible takes on these characters that feel so iconic and yet so fresh and so um, contemporary. Yeah. Uh, how do you approach each season compared to an arc in comics? Um, well, again, this series had a, a unique sort of structure to it. It, it had these three or four episode arcs um, because, again, as I said earlier, we thought we were making movies. Um, we thought we were going to be cutting these episodes together, and so they had to work as episodes they had to work as three or four episodes put together as a movie, and then, of course, they had to work as a season as a whole, and I also view the series as a whole as another um, sort of way to view it. So, you know, we tried to, uh, I mean, you know, my method of working uh, is to get a huge bulletin board and put up a ton of index cards, and you each index card sort of represents one thing that, major thing that has to happen in the show and you, you juggle them around, you move them around until it all seems to gel and, and it, there comes a point where it really does begin to gel where it feels like oh yeah, that's just right, that's how it's supposed to go um, and that's when you know you're you're uh, you know, it's working Yeah. Are you going to, do you think with season three you're going to change the three or four episode arc at a time since the movie's off the table or I don't even know if the movie's off the table I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously if there was a season three, there'd be some, um, this is so hypothetical, but, right. you know, before we started, we'd sit down and have some discussions. I'm sure that's a topic that would get raised. My gut is if it were me making the decision independent of commercial concerns, but just creative concerns, mm-hmm. I think it would be quite strange to in the middle of a series suddenly change the structure of it. Right. Um, so my gut is, uh, I tend to say, look, let's stick with this structure that every uh, three or four episodes, it's a new month in the year. So, you know, we left off season two at the end of season two at, in uh, March of, of uh, Peter's junior year of high school. So, you know, my feeling mm-hmm. is we'd pick up uh, season three, obviously, in April, um, and we do three or so episodes in April, three or so in May, uh, three or so in June, and then probably I'd cover the summer, uh, you know, in three or four episodes before we got back to his senior year. Right. And But saying that in a vacuum or in this hypothetical kind of um, situation that we find ourselves in is, is pretty silly. I mean, yeah. frankly, you know, there's just no way to know uh, under what terms we'd be brought back. They might come back and say, hey, we're only going to do movies now. 
Mm. We're done with the TV series, but we want you to continue it. We just want to continue it as DVD movies, which would be fine. I mean, mm -hmm. um, or they might say, uh, hey, we want the arcs to be longer. They might say, we don't want arcs. Or I, There's no way to know at this point. So um, I, it's almost silly to talk about. Is there any, do you have like any contacts in Disney you've been calling to find out any info? Well, I, I have called all my contacts yeah. uh, left at Sony, all my contacts at Marvel, all my contacts at uh, Disney. And the main message, Sony's main message is just, hey, it, it, we're out of it now. You're, you're right. stuck with those guys, so uh, uh, good luck. <laughs> um, and uh, the main message from both Disney and Marvel is, hey, we don't know yet. I mean, this whole announcement about the Disney Marvel, you know, merge yeah. uh, is so new. It hasn't, in fact, been done. Everyone talks as if it's done now, but it's not actually done. It, you know, thing, you know, has to go through uh, government, you know, anti-monopoly checks. It has to right. get approved by the stockholders of both <laughs> companies. I'm sure it will get done. I'm not. I have no doubt that it will happen, but it hasn't actually happened yet. Mm -hmm. And so everything's up in the air, even at divisions like Disney XD or divisions like Marvel Animation. No one knows exactly what's going to happen yet. And this is aside from the fact that our second season isn't done airing. Yeah, that's true. So the, so the main message I'm getting from everybody is we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's what if. What if this? Yeah. Uh, Third question is, how do you, this is for Josh, how do you protect your voice from being strained? Um, I've never really, well, I can't say never. I, I haven't had too many problems with that, but in an emergency, there is, uh, they have a couple of things. They have these lozenges that, uh, they're made from slippery elm and they help soothe a, uh, a sore, sore throat. And then, uh, throat coat tea, uh, it's an herbal tea. But again, those are like kind of emergency things that I, I usually, haven't had to had to rely on. What's uh, a slippery elm? I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's a. I, I want to say it's it's like the the sap from a certain kind of tree or some kind. Oh. It's it, some kind of a plant. Um, I, I really don't know a whole lot yeah. about it. They well, they really work well. If, if anybody's yeah. ever got a sore throat and uh, yeah. doesn't want to have something that tastes really medicine-y, just uh, get some slippery elm lozenges. They work really well. And his other questions for Josh: What process? Uh, and finding a character's voice, do you use? Um, that really depends on the character. Um, there's two types of characters that I that I tend to play. I tend to play characters that are uh, pretty similar to my speaking voice, and then I'll play some characters that are, are pretty out there. So when it comes to figuring that out, um, it really helps to see a rendition of the character. And uh, thankfully, a lot of animated projects that cast do show um, some of the artwork, some of the character designs, so uh, so I can get get an idea. And then they also have character descriptions when uh, when they're casting a show. So that combined with the with the with the design can usually help me because I'll I'll be able to look at that character and see how it looks, see what the description is, and and just play. It's is really it, comes down to you. Just, is you, P Peter and Spidey pretty close to your normal voice? And, and what's what's yeah. Is, Okay. Yeah, he's pretty much just a younger version of me. Um, yeah. And and I mean, I pretty much was the guy in high school without the <laughs> uh, without the spider powers, so it, it wasn't too much of a stretch. What's uh, one that you really had to stretch for? Uh let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, so there, <laughs> I've done some where I had to be like really, really young, 
and mm-hmm. playing a little kid without it sounding uh, silly and overdone can be difficult sometimes. Wow. Um, and then uh, I, I'd say the hardest ones are really just the the ones that that take a toll on your voice, like really really guttural or mm-hmm. or you know growl, like growling voices. Those are really hard on your voice. Or uh, I, I do a lot of video games as well, and and uh, there's just like a lot of first-person shooter games and military games in general where you're just kind of screaming commands. Um, I know they're not really that difficult in terms of finding a character or finding a voice. You don't really have to make up right. uh, anything too crazy or memorable, but, uh, I mean, it's a lot of screaming. So you're glad that you got the Spidey gig and not the Punisher Wolverine gig where you get, you get low voice on those two. Hey, I don't, I, I can't, I can't say that because Wolverine <laughs> was, was my other uh, comic favorite growing up. And, yeah, uh, that'd be fun. And that's, that's something that later on in, in in life, I, I definitely like to, uh, to stab at. Then you'd have to change the stab oh, at. Good. <laughs> you'd have to change your license plate to Schnicked. Uh, <laughs> Schnicked, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I want to say this. I think I think Steve Bloom actually Steve Blum. I I I'd always pronounce his last name wrong. Is it Bloom or Blum? Greg, I swear to God, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I think he has Schnicked, and he oh, had like funny. a. A, a play frame that said I therefore I am so it says I snicked therefore I am but I, I don't nice. know if that was Steve or if it was somebody else <laughs> but it's somebody that voiced that character uh, next question is from Greg XB uh, from Los Angeles this is a friend of you guys I, I understand yes. uh, he says uh, you both know me already but I'm saying hi anyway uh, Josh, it was a pleasure meeting you at the gathering, and both an honor and lots of fun to perform with you in the radio play, not to mention performing with the rest of the Spidey cast, as well as Keith David and Marina Sirtis. Damn, she was intense. It was a blast. Uh, Greg, it. first off, kudos again on that awesome radio play script. I'm getting my copy of it framed as soon as possible. Uh, second, uh, as one Shakespearean geek to another... Uh, and I may have said this to you before, but I loved how you worked the Bard into two episodes this season. Gr- uh, Growing Pains and Opening Night were both gold. And your use of, a Shakes- of Shakespeare in these episodes really impressed me, especially in Opening Night. Uh, what was it like writing that and so cleanly and effectively integrating a Midsummer's Night stream into the story? Uh, well, I mean, uh, as Greg mentioned, I'm a... M- pretty massive Shakespeare geek, um, and so I'm, you know, kind of happily went through Midsummer Night's Dream um, before I started scripting um, the episode and uh, and just looked for relevant quotes and then, you know, put them in order. Uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to quote the play out of order, but I wasn't going to pretend in a 19-and-a-half-minute story that we were going to see all of Midsummer Night's Dream when, you know, the episode begins before the play starts. Um, you know, I basically could fit in a little bit here and there, but you try and find quotes that seem to resonate with what's going on uh, uh, back in, you know, uh, Rikers Island uh, with Spider-Man and Black Cat and Green Goblin and all those uh, convicts there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, you know, I get a kick out of that kind of thing, um, probably beyond the kick that any of my audience gets. But, um, <laughs> but you know, i got to keep it fun for me, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it, was, it was a good time. Cool. Uh, his last question is for both of you. What would have happened if Spidey got his goop in Black Cat's hair? <laughs> <laughs> it would have come out with ice or peanut butter. 
Uh, ice or peanut butter there. Or tomato juice, like season one. Tomato I think juice. she even says, yeah, ice or peanut butter. It doesn't say that. <laughs> uh, spider pool, 270. Oh, what was that, Josh? I'm sorry. I said black cat and peanut butter opens up a whole nother. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Box. Uh, spider pool, 279 from Frederick, Maryland. Uh, this one's aimed at Greg. What other Marvel heroes would you like to see on the show that would come off as guest star of the week? Uh, well, I mean, I've said this, I think, on this program before. I'm not really interested in doing guest star of the week. Um, I feel like the Spider-Man universe is so rich that uh, I don't want the show to be, you know, for viewers to become, gee, I wonder who's going to be in it this week. Do you think Wolverine will be in it? You know, if, if all they're doing is waiting for to see who the, you know, I love the series Brave and the Bold, love it. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the fun of that series. That wasn't what we were trying to do on Spidey. Right. Um uh, having said that, I've said uh, more than a few times before that there are a few characters I kind of like to play with, not once a week, but maybe, you know, once a season kind of thing, and those include uh, uh, specifically uh, Johnny Storm yeah. um, because of the great, you know, Spider-Man Human Torch relationship from the the old Stanley days. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know, going beyond that, I, I have a few ideas here and there for um, characters like the Hulk, Ant-Man, um, uh, Captain America, um, Beast and Cyclops. Um, but the thing to keep in mind is that although our series is contemporary, we view it as early days in the Marvel Universe. Um, yeah. You know, this is... Peter Parker, junior in high school, has only been Spider-Man even by the end of the second season for less than a year. Um, the Fantastic Four are around, the Hulk is around, Ant-Man's around, um, but most of those, uh, you know, uh, in, in our view, Captain America is still an iceberg. Uh, Iron Man hasn't gone to Vietnam or Afghanistan yet. Uh, Don Blake hasn't been to Norway yet. Um, you know, this is early days, and so we're not looking to uh, make this a world where there are hundreds of heroes running around right. out there. How about Fireman, Firestar and Iceman? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, we see it as early days in the mutant universe, too. So our idea uh, there was that, yeah, Professor X is just, just opening his school and only has the first couple of students, which I saw as Cyclops and, and uh, Beast. And I, I did have an idea for a story where they would, uh, in these pre-Cerebro days, um, uh, check out Spider-Man because they have this feeling he might be a mutant. Yeah. Um, like you said earlier, it's not Marvel team-up. It's Spectacular Spider-Man. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, next one for Josh. What other Marvel heroes do you think you could voice? Um, well, I think I said it a little earlier before that uh, you know when the right time and place comes along, I'd love to uh, to uh, to give a step Wolverine because uh, that, that's mainly for personal reasons because he's uh, he's another one of my my uh, my favorites growing up. Um, that's uh, that's that's who I throw it in for right now. I'd have to think about some other ones, but mm-hmm. uh, any any spider villains? I, you I think? have done other. I have done other. Uh, I I have played uh, Human Torch. Um, and I have played. I want to say I played Cyclops in uh, in an Ultimate Alliance. Uh, of course, I I right. have done a bunch of these, so I, I tend to get them kind of confused. 
at the time. <laughs> you you could play Ben Riley really easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally could. I totally could play Ben Riley. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, have to change either. Yeah, not, don't change a thing. Uh, Funny K from Scotland says, Hi guys, nice to see both of you on the podcast again. My questions for Josh, other voice actors, uh, Kevin Michael uh, Richardson and Joe DiMaggio. I think I'm getting his name right. DiMaggio, yeah. Okay, yeah. and yeah. Phil yeah. Lamar and D. Bradley Baker on the show have appeared in more adult shows like Family Guy, Futurama, and American Dad. Would you ever consider doing voice work on more adult shows? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I mean, I have done, uh, I, I wouldn't call King of the Hill adult, but I have been on a few episodes of King of the Hill, um, I, and uh, just as, as minor characters. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, ass- I'm assuming they're talking about more edgy edgy things right. like uh, like Family Guy and Robot Chicken and things of that sort. And, yeah, of course, I would love to do that kind of thing. Didn't you do, um, last time we talked, you were doing Leisure Suit Larry or something like that, too? Yeah, that was a pretty yeah. filthy Unfortunately, <laughs> the, uh, game, the game turned out being... It t- turned out pretty awful. Um, uh, I, I have the dubious distinction of uh, being involved in what has been called the worst game of the decade. Oh man! Uh, but well, I, I I wear it with pride. I kind of <laughs> look like a Razzie Award, you know, like getting one oh. of those. But um, it, I, really, a lot of things happen with that game that, uh, and that's that's another topic for another time. But okay. it was the victim of a merger, and essentially they ended up putting out a game that was about sixty percent finished. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that, like. Wow. There were tons of bugs. It was like releasing a beta version of a program and, and awful. releasing it as 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 final. It, <laughs> it had a lot of problems. But yeah, um, adult more adult things. Yeah, I'd totally love to do that. That's that's always uh, a lot of fun because because then I don't really have to clean up what uh, what, what I said. <laughs> I, I usually have pretty foul mouths. So. Is, is the Simpsons considered adult? I don't know. I, I think they, that. I mean, yeah, I, I I they still tend to push the envelope somewhat. Yeah. It's, uh, I would think I, that would be the gold standard of animation. It's been on on the air for twenty plus years. So, yes, and that's uh, one of the other reasons why I want to make sure to uh, continue pursuing on camera because I want to be famous enough where <laughs> I can be on The Simpsons as a guest star as myself. That's oh, that'd be awesome! <laughs> career goals. Yes. Yeah, you don't want the little web mask. You want you want the, want it off like Tobey Maguire gets. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Greg, if you could pick uh, one writer from any show to write for Spectacular, who would it be? Uh, well, I I picked the guys I had on the show. <laughs> uh, you know, we had a great writing staff there: uh, myself, Kevin Hopps, uh, Nicole Dubuque, Andrew Robinson, um, Matt Wayne, and uh, Randy Jant. Uh, all great writers and um, was glad to have them. There are a bunch of other great writers out there and um, in fact there are so many that I, I, I don't really want to name any names because anyone I name it then becomes well why didn't you name him too you know or her yeah. too and and, and uh, so that just it, it be, you know feels a little like nasty almost. Um, right. uh, so I don't want to do that but you know uh, there are other great writers. I, I, I try to keep a a, a mid-sized staff uh, of freelance writers employed, um, you want to spread the wealth to some extent, but you also want everyone to get familiar enough with the show you're working on so that uh, they all, you know, benefit from doing multiple episodes and learn the characters and really get to know them and really get inside their heads. Um, and uh, there are never enough episodes to give everyone you'd love to have right on a show a slot, but, uh, but we try and we've seen this in comic books. Just because they're a big name doesn't mean they'll work in a specific project. Like, I think you guys have one of the best writing staffs of any show on television. But as we've seen in the, the comics, they'll bring a big name 
a Hollywood guy to write a couple issues of Spider-Man, they flat out suck. So, <laughs> so keep with keep with what's working. I would say. Uh, let's. Uh, next question is for both of you guys. Josh, you start at first. What's your favorite episode so far? Um, I have two favorite episodes, um, and and they're a little bit unconventional. Uh, the, the first one would be from first season, and it's in its intervention, the uh, the black and white episode. And I love it because it's an origin story without being an origin story. Um, there's a whole lot going on, and you really get to see what makes Peter Parker Spider-Man, and, and yeah. vice versa. You get to you get to see it all, and um, I I love the story. I love I love the way it was animated. I love all the stylistic choices. It was a, it was a really, really fun episode to watch. Um, and then the other one, I, I really, I really enjoyed the Colonel Jupiter episode of, uh, of season two. It was, mm-hmm. it was such a cool, uh, it had such a throwback feeling. It really made me feel like I was watching an old comic and, and I loved it. I loved the, 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 the little six million dollar man sound when he would jump, and mm-hmm. I, I, thought, I thought it was awesome, and 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 I really, I I really felt like it gave so much uh, strong motivation to uh, to to Jonah, the jolly one, for uh, for hating hating Spider Man, and, <laughs> and um, it's it's great. Like, and, and I gotta take this second to give props to Darren Norris who voices uh, John and Jonah. Um, it's it's so great to see. Jonah, who can really come off as a one-note character if it's not if he's not portrayed right, um, show these little bits of, of real emotion and, and and not just always yelling and screaming. There, there's really something behind it that's that's always fascinating for me to see. I always like seeing uh, little colors in in some of the some of the uh, characters that aren't focused on uh, as much, and that's always fun. Yeah, that origin episode is my favorite. Also, was it Ed Asner that did Uncle Ben? Yes, he I, he just nailed it. I thought I I just love every scene Uncle Ben is in that episode. <laughs> I think everybody wants Ed Asner to be their their uh, their yeah. dad or their grandpa or, or something. He's just and he was great with um, uh, Jameson in the '90s show too. Yes, so yeah, Greg, what's your favorite episode, season one and season two? What do you, th- what do you like? Uh, well, I mean, I like both of those that Josh named, but for me, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, I, I work so intensely on all 26. Uh, um, uh, it's kind of like choosing between your children. Uh, uh, you know, I wrote uh, Intervention, which you guys just talked about, and I'm very proud of how that turned out. And, yeah. Um, I uh, I wrote Survival of the Fist. I wrote Opening Night, so I suppose I have some fondness for those because those were – um, my scripts, but you know, I think uh, I, it'd be easier for me to pick out favorite moments. I love in uh, episode, I love the end of episode six. You've had this great, great wino Spidey battle in episode six, and then it just gets topped by the way uh, Tombstone just owns Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, um, and then even that gets topped with the Aunt May mastermind scene and uh, Mary Jane's entrance. All that yeah. in episode six. And that was a Matt Wayne script. That was really uh, great. Um, I thought the work that Kevin Hobbs did um, with our second season finale um, and the Green Goblin resolution was just uh, stunning. Um, just some great, great stuff in that. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and like I said, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think that, uh, Nicole did that Molten Man episode, which I thought 
came out real sweet. Um, they all they all have something in it that that I I really uh, love a lot. So it's hard for me to pick. Is there a favorite line Josh has delivered that is your favorite? <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you'd think this, but um, the one that immediately comes to mind is, and it was because it was just exactly what I was looking for. Uh, it's in episode seven. We've introduced the Green Goblin. He's just gone through this window. Um, you know, he's, or rather his glider went through the window of this building, comes out the other end, and he's leapt over the building and lands on the glider on the other end. And Spider-Man sees this and says, okay, wow, just wow. And I just thought, <laughs> Josh's reading of that was so perfect. I mean, it was just like, you know, you got, you know, like, oh, I hate this guy, but I got to give him props, you know, is what he's saying. And, and, uh, and just thought, I remember yeah. that. That was awesome. Uh, FSU Spider Fan from uh, North Carolina. Uh, Greg, I love the show, but it's been bugging me since it started, so I have to ask, what's the deal with the giant pupil fish eyes? <laughs> well, I mean, this is Sean Stiles. This is Cheek's style. We think he's fantastic. Um, you know, uh, he brings a lot of energy to the show. We went for designs that were really... Um, clean so that they'd be real animatable and uh in fact you know he's gotten this wrong the the issue isn't that the pupils are giant the issue is is that there are no pupils um you know they're irises without pupils in sean's style and uh, we think it works really great um and uh we're just trying to get something that had this really fresh feel to it we think sean gave us that the anima- his other question is, the animation is amazing, but the lizard scared the crap out of my nephew. <laughs> how, do you, how do you balance keeping the show kid-friendly and so entertaining for us kids at heart? Uh, we, you know, uh, it's all about writing on multiple levels, producing the show on multiple levels. I mean, there's plenty of eye candy for kids. Um, I, I don't know if we set out to scare the crap out of a little kid, but we certainly <laughs> wanted lizard to play the lizard episode to play like a horror movie and to have frightening aspects to it at the end of the day it's it's still uh colored pictures on the screen and uh so if we manage to put a little scare in there i hope it's a scare that he enjoyed yeah. I mean, you know we all some you know i guess not everybody but a lot of us enjoy you know getting that little roller coaster chill now and then um, from our entertainment uh, when you know you're actually safe in your own living room. Makes makes um, you makes you want to uh, spill your Lucky Charms a little bit, you know, if you're yeah, watching on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and I, you know, I think that's uh, – it was fun for me as a kid. I like to think it's fun for kids yep. now. And, it, and, you know, at the same time, you know, we have stuff in there that, that – kids aren't going to necessarily focus on, but the adults are going to get and get a little laugh out of or, like you know, the, if you're uh, a big... Like the premature glotilation. Premature glotilation. <laughs> that. that needs I mean, to be on a shirt. The, the trick to double entendres is to truly make them double entendres, you know. Yeah. They, they should really they should really be com- going completely over the kid's head. They shouldn't be saying, wait, I don't get it, what did that mean? You know, I mean... <laughs> If they've got to ask the question, what are they referring to, and the parent has to answer the question, I've really lost my battle. You know, I mean, in other words, but if I can create something where there's a clear meaning for a kid that is 
clean and and easy for them to understand, um, but there's a little jazz for the adults, then that's a double entendre, not a single entendre masquerading as a double entendre. <laughs> and it's not just that. I mean, look, particularly in a show like Spider-Man, I know a big chunk of the audience um, over the age of, uh, of eight uh, are spider geeks like me, so you throw in things that, for the for the geek crowd. Yeah. Um, and since Josh, me, <clears throat> Peter McNichol, Vic Cook, Sean Galloway, you know, every single person, almost without exception, who worked on the show is a big Spider-Man geek. It wasn't hard to do. Okay. Uh, the other question is, uh, Josh, as the character grows and the story progresses, how do you see yourself changing your portrayal of Peter Parker? Do you see Peter and Spider-Man as one clear character, or do you make slight changes in the way you voice him? Um, I don't really make any... any uh audible changes uh, between Peter Parker and Spider-Man because they really, they're really they the same guy and there is no transformation or morph process or anything that would cause a physical change to his voice. If anything, it's really more of an attitude shift where uh, he has more confidence as Spider-Man. Um, and after, well, I, I guess the only thing that would change uh, over time would be that um, Peter would have to grow with with the story and and with his progression through high school. And the longer that he is Spider-Man, and the longer that that is a part of his life, that that's got to be taken more into consideration. Because whereas he started out not as confident because he was pegged as a nerd all throughout school, he's really not that. But he's the only one that knows it. So yeah. he he's gonna have to now kind of compensate, overcompensate, and and make sure to keep that still a secret as Peter Parker. So that's definitely gonna change the way. Peter Parker approaches things, uh, if really only to kind of be sure to hide this identity. Uh, so, I mean, that, if, if any any, any kind of changes would really just be uh, him maturing, and um, you know, if we get five seasons and, and go to direct to DVDs uh, as the the you know the the dream uh, dictates, then he's definitely going to probably sound more like me currently uh, because he's gonna he's gonna start getting uh, uh, older. And we'll wrap up the first hour right about there. We have another hour of the show to go where we answer more of your message board questions. But before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for sponsoring all the shows this month. If you'd like to read some of the Spider Classics in which these episodes are inspired by, you should check out the Essential Spider-Man books. Mail Order has all nine volumes for sale. The cover price for each of them is $16.99, and Mail Order has them for 40% off the cover and is selling them for $10.19. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. And thanks for listening, gang. I'm Brad Douglas, your host and webmaster of the SpiderManCrawlspace.com.